This is episode two. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Hi there, everyone. I'm Sean Boyd here at the broadcast studios inside the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services, Cal OES. Hey, thanks for listening. Today, we're going to be sitting down with Cal OES Inland Region Administrator Eric Lamoureux. This is a guy that I've known for a while now, um, more than a couple of years, three, four years, if not more. Uh, And one thing about Eric is he is a dedicated guy. He really gets into his role. And his role here uh, at Cal OES as the Inlet Administrator goes well beyond his his desk. In fact, I'm not even sure if he has a desk. If he does, he doesn't spend a lot of time there. Uh, The reason being is that he gets to know his communities. He gets out there, shakes hands, greets people face-to-face. And the reason for that, he says, is to build those relationships. He builds those now rather than during a disaster. Makes sense. Also overcoming uh, the distrust of government by certain segments of California, tribes and even certain segments of towns uh, that live in his area, his region. A lot of people don't trust politicians. A lot of people don't trust government, period. So how did he get those people to come together and to agree to work together? Well, Eric's going to talk about that right here, right now. Eric, thanks for being here. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. All right. You're welcome. Uh, You have uh, worked a number of different uh, governmental agencies uh, over the years, and uh, I seem to remember you recently telling me that this was one of your favorite here at Cal OES. You know, uh, Governor's Office of Emergency Services is just a real passion of mine. I think it's the same for a lot of the emergency managers and folks at all levels of this organization. Uh, you've got a lot of folks that have been here a long time, some that have been here their entire career, many that have come back uh, more than once. And that's certainly the case for me. It's just a, it, it's a, it's an opportunity to really help people. Um, whether it's planning, disaster response, disaster recovery, you're always helping folks uh, in one way or another uh, at, sometimes their times of greatest need so that's what I love about being here it's it's a real passion of mine and uh, you know uh, love love being back so you uh, mentioned a number of things there whether it's uh, planning responding uh, different kinds of things and they're each handled by different portions different uh, departments in this agency different divisions uh, you were in the communications department at one point I believe it was a while back. I was. I ran the communications office for about six years. I was with OES for about eight um, from uh, just before Y2K. I came on board and uh, left the department in uh, 2007. And I've actually spent, uh, up until my current assignment, spent the better part of the last 20-plus years in communications and state government. And uh, honestly felt like that was the best job I could ever have. Loved uh, my my public information officer assignments throughout state government, especially here. Uh, but uh, coming back in this in this new role, new responsibility, I've realized that this, in fact, is the best job I've ever had outside of maybe being the director of the department. You know, he and I have uh, uh, tremendous jobs. Being-
and regional administrator. It's a tremendous amount of responsibility, but a lot of uh, great opportunity. So there are a lot of folks out there, too, I would imagine, who don't know what an inland regional administrator is. It sounds like an office job. So we've got three administrative regions at OES, our inland region, which goes from Kern County in the south up to the California-Oregon border, about 31 counties, our coastal region from Monterey up to the California-Oregon border along the coast and in our southern region, Southern California. Uh, you know, our responsibility as regional administrators is to be that tip of the spear, to be uh, the 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 first point of contact for local government officials that handle emergency management that need help and support from us. Our job is to oversee and, and administer really all of the programs um, throughout the department um, and, and to be that conduit to help connect local officials with the right people within Cal OES to get their issues resolved as, as quickly as possible. Obviously an important part of the job. You don't necessarily spend all of your time in the office, although it sounds like you could, but I know for a fact you're out there all the time. You know, I've got a tremendous team. I've got a team of about 12 uh, managers and emergency services coordinators that uh, work across my region. Uh, we've got 31 counties in the inland region. Each of my uh, staff are responsible for about four each uh, of those 31 counties. So they've really got the day-to-day -day interaction with the local emergency managers. My job is to support them, give them the resources, my staff the resources and support that they need, and by extension be able to help go out and facilitate some of the higher level issues that sometimes might require decision making uh, of somebody beyond our, our emergency service coordinator who's got that field level responsibility. So, you know, my, my job is, is to be out there, be visible, help to adjudicate issues uh, that are going on locally, uh, try, uh, work to, to give my staff the, the tools that they need uh, to be our first point of contact on a day to day basis. So I do spend a great amount of time in the field uh, working out of my vehicle, um, whether it's, you know, participating in meetings on drought issues like we did much of last year or, you know, out there right behind my staff um, after an incident emergency has occurred to be able to start supporting a lot of those higher level executive issues that inevitably come up with a lot of these emergencies. It's interesting that you said that you uh, spend a lot of time in your car. Your car is your office when you're out in the field. You, I've seen that thing. It has just about everything you would need in there to get the job done out in the field. That's really the case for all of our emergency managers that are out in the field. My emergency services coordinators uh, who, who live and work out of their vehicles in the field are our fire and rescue branch chiefs that are out in the field, our law enforcement folks that are out in the field. You know, we rely on our vehicles uh, to have all the equipment and supplies we need, uh, not only to do our job, uh, but to take care of ourselves. If we find ourselves in a situation where we may not be able to get a hotel room, we may not have the, the resources that most folks would expect to have when you're traveling somewhere. Uh, our vehicles are uh, our office. Uh, it, they, they carry our sometimes our food, our water, and they may end up being the, the spot that we've got to live out of for a day or two until until we can find some some other some other resources. So we, we do rely on them. Sounds like maybe a motorhome might be better suited for you, huh? <laughs> we do have some large command vehicles that we will <laughs> move out once in a while. Yeah. Uh, I know with uh, the latest uh, round of wet weather we had, uh, you and I spent some time out there. Very cold, very wet, long hours out there uh, meeting with the people. Uh, who live there, 
who run those towns, who run the emergency operations in each of those towns and, you know, counties. But looking back on, you know, your time as uh, the regional administrator, what have been some of the more difficult decisions you've had to make? Are each one difficult or, or was there one or two that stands out in your mind? Well, you know, our job is to support, is to support a local emergency manager. Oftentimes, the toughest decisions that have to be made in those initial minutes, hours, are made by those local first responders and those local emergency managers. So our job is to come in and support them. And when they determine that there's resources that they don't have uh, to, to respond to the need to, to be there. You know, the expectation on all of us that work in the field is to, uh by Director Ghilarducci is that is that we're fast to need, that we're leaning forward, that we're ready to respond, that when that issue does come up, uh, we're prepared to provide the whatever the resource is as quickly as we can. So, uh, you know, our our role is to be out there on a day to day basis, building those relationships because you never want to meet somebody for the first time when you're dealing with a disaster or working with somebody for the first time. You want to have those relationships in place, and then you want to be able to understand your community that you support understand what their needs are, what their risks are, and try to pre-plan for what those resources are going to be. So, you know, those those toughest decisions are oftentimes made locally. Um, and our job is to, is to give them the support to, to help carry out whatever those decisions are that they've made. But, you know, this last year, uh, I've been on this job as a regional administrator just a little over a year. And really, for the inland region, we were all consumed in, in 2014 by the drought. Uh, nearly all of our work operationally with the exception of the significant number of fires we had in July, August, September, was all drought all the time. And our, we, were, we were being tasked to do some coordination that none of us had ever been responsible for. Drought issues involved a lot of departments, a lot of issues that we weren't familiar with. They weren't traditional, uh, some of our traditional emergency response partners. And so being able to know when the right time was to pull people together uh, and what our responsibility and authorities were to, to pull folks together to, to coordinate an issue, um, that's where some of the, the biggest challenges came for myself and my team over the course of the last year. And especially being uh, new to this position, uh, was it a little, uh, little scary maybe at some points going, whoa, I've never been in this and now all of a sudden I'm now tasked with handling such a big uh, issue such as the drought? You know, it really was. There's was, there's was a tremendous expectation placed on the department and by extension our regional operations to, to when the governor proclaimed a state of emergency last year for the drought that our our job was to pull together those state agencies to get people working outside the box, thinking outside their normal program rules and regulations, be, be as creative as possible to get solutions in place to ensure that communities didn't run out of water. And frankly, I think the, the area where we learned the most within my region and, and realized the, the power we had to help support these communities was up in Montague, up oh, in yeah. Northern, Northern California in yeah. Siskiyou County. Yeah. Uh, out there, uh, I know one of the projects they were trying to get going out there was an emergency water supply, right? Because they were on the verge of drying out. Yeah, up in Montague, you had a, a, a small community, uh, but they, it was a community of a little over a thousand people. And they essentially had lost their water supply or were in the process uh, early last year of realizing they were not going to have enough water to get through the summer and into the fall to the next rains. Uh, they relied on a reservoir that had was drawing down very quickly they had a a transportation system to get the water from the reservoir to their town that was 
highly, highly inefficient. They lost probably 90% of the water that they tried to transport to the town. They, they knew they needed a new transportation mechanism. They needed a new water source. Um, we were dealing with a water district that, that had one employee who was charged with everything. Wow. Um, a lot of issues, a lot of challenges. There were a lot of state agencies, federal agencies that needed to be brought to the table to figure out what the right solution was and what the process was going to be. And that and, was part of what you had to do, right? And that was really our job. Yeah. And, and, but honestly, it, it, it took us a while to realize how much we could accomplish under the authorities the governor had given us to, to really push people. Uh, to, to support that community. Um, you know, we had some, some meetings up there early on where we realized that the, the, the capabilities of the local officials up there to be able to manage this situation were lacking. And, it, and it, well, that's not a reflection on the individuals or their education or experience. It was just the fact that they were overwhelmed. They, uh, there was a limited number of people in the city and the water district and the county that had the knowledge, skills, or expertise to deal with the situation. And so we quickly realized that exercising the authority we have under the governor's state of emergency uh, required us to, to get everybody in a room together. And so that was one of the first things we did. We got everybody in a room together, start working out this situation. And then it was regular uh, meetings on the ground, conference call meetings that we directly were involved in bringing everybody together to work out solutions, develop a project plan, and then develop an impl implementation plan. And you know, this is really sort of traditional project management, not something that we as emergency managers generally do. You know, we come in after a fire and emergency. It's something we've dealt with before. We understand what the needs are going to be. We understand what our role is. This was really new and different. And as the situation in Montague evolved, my role and responsibility of dealing with some of the, the, the higher level sensitivities in that community. Uh, there, there were tribal concerns, community concerns, uh, folks that um, hadn't historically seen eye to eye on a lot of issues. There's a lot of distrust. There's a lot of distrust up there. And you know there, there were desires to have some people in the room and not have other people in the room. And my job was to realize who needed to be at that table in order for us to get this situation resolved as quickly as possible and meet the timelines that were in front of us to make sure the city didn't run out of water. So, you know, one of the toughest decisions I made there was realizing that the tribal government, uh, the, the Karuk tribe up in Siskiyou County needed to be at the table. Uh, they didn't necessarily have a, a traditional regulatory responsibility to be at the table, but I understood that, uh, and, and, it, and it wasn't just me. I had others that were telling me we need to have the tribe at the table. They need to be part of the discussion. Uh, and, and Was this for diplomacy reasons, or was there another reason for you that? You know, there, it was diplomacy. It was, it was understanding that the tribe has very legitimate uh, concerns and issues with regard to how water is managed in that community. Um, and... And there had been distrust and 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 uh, uh, f fights, not the right word, but there had been challenges between the community and the tribe historically. And I knew that we were not going to be able to solve those decades long issues. But in order to prevent having further issues, once we had found a new water source and developed a new infrastructure, in order to mitigate what might happen on the back end, 
having the tribe and the community sit together at the same table to work out the solution was important so that everybody was on board at that time. Um, and you know what? It didn't go as, as smoothly as I wanted it to, but at the end of the day, they were at the table. They did have a voice in it. Uh, the community welcomed them to the table. Do you think it built a little more trust with them? I think it, I think it did. Um, you know, as I said, you, you're not going to solve decades-long problems that have existed there, right. and and both sides have legitimate issues and concerns. Uh, I, I by no means want to diminish the views of one side or the other or take sides here, but you know, it was a situation where you know we we saw myself and others that were supporting me at the executive level that we needed to have the tribe at the table. We were going to be able to move this thing, this this whole discussion of the solution forward faster if they were at the table um, but getting them there was 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 tough because they obviously had very keen things that they wanted to make sure were addressed as part of this plan as the community did as well so you know my job was to make the make the decision to get them to the table convince everybody that it was the right thing to do and then try to help facilitate that dialogue so that we didn't get we didn't get uh, sidetracked along the way how much sleep did you lose during that time period? You know, I don't think I lost a lot of sleep. I mean, we had, I, you know, what I, what I saw through this and, and was that this was early on last year. And I think I start started to see it as we were working through this issue. And in, in my one of my deputy regional administrators, if anybody lost sleep, he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Landbauer, my, my manager, because he was living and breathing the city of Montague's emergency on a daily basis. That was his focus. Uh, that was his singular focus mm. because we realized that if we did not move fast, if we did not get state and federal agencies to look at the power and authority, especially the state agencies, look at the authorities they had under the governor's state of emergency to be creative, to not manage their programs the way they normally do, to look at timelines and where can we tighten up timelines where can we eliminate timelines where can we expedite processes and it was our job it was al's job as an emergency manager to push those state agencies to to look at issues more creatively be very solutions oriented and Mm -hmm. and that's something that i preached probably uh, if you ask any of my staff they get tired especially my managers get tired of hearing that but Last year and the drought and and frankly, probably coming up in 2015, it was all about being solutions oriented, coming to support a community and trying to bring the right players with us state on the state side or federal side and and making sure that everybody operated in a very solutions oriented environment so that we could try to help resolve these situations as as quickly as possible. So that all sounds good. But for those emergency managers who want to. Uh, bring forth a solutions-oriented discussion and process. Fundamentally, how do you make that happen? Well, I think it's first being knowledgeable of what your resources are. Uh, for us at the state side, it was understanding the various state agencies that had a piece of the drought, whether it was the state drinking water program, whether it was our food support program, uh, whether it was our agricultural department and the resources they could bring to bear. So understanding who the players are that have programs or financial resources, the governor allocated significant financial resources under emergency authorizations last year, understanding the programs and the funding available and uh, 
for us going to the community, understanding what their issue was, what their need was, and then identifying those state agencies that needed to be with us that perhaps had a program or a solution that could uh, be brought to bear. So, you know, for any emergency manager, it's understanding what your resources are, what your capabilities are, uh, whether it's people, whether it's tools, whether it's equipment, and uh, understanding how to how to mobilize them. Um, for us at the state side, it's understanding what the, the breadth of resources are that we have at our disposal throughout state government. Sounds like you had a lot to learn coming into this position. We all had a lot to learn, especially when it comes to drought. I mean, we were as I said earlier, we were dealing with agencies and programs that we never had a reason to interact with by and large um, before. Uh, they just weren't programs that we dealt with in emergency management on a regular basis. Um, but as a result, uh, when you look at the drought and what we learned from it, I mean, when we had our uh, a recent devastating fire in the city of Weed, one of the biggest challenges they had right out of the box was their water supply situation. They had a, a huge tank that had been lost. And, you know, one of the decisions I made up there uh, right away with the city administrator was that we needed to get folks from the state drinking water program on the ground to get an assessment for us of how bad the situation was, not only on a drinking water supply, but a firefighting water supply issue. I think had we not had the experience working with those same folks throughout the drought, we probably wouldn't have mobilized them as, as quickly as we did. And that was very beneficial for the city of Weed to be able to get that assessment right away and and, and help put a plan together to, to deal with their water situation post-fire. And, and that fire came up so quickly and burned so fast and was gone so quickly. Uh, did you even have time to react uh, in terms of, well... You obviously need to react when it comes to responding to the fire, getting people out, doing the things that you need to do there. But in terms of you didn't have a lot of time really to start implementing the things that you need to implement to support the town. What was that like? Well, um, you know, we've got a lot of different programs at OES. We've got our fire and rescue branch that that had the biggest lift, obviously, when that fire is going on to get resources mobilized to support the city. But, you know, that was, I mean, all the damage uh, that occurred in that fire happened in about 15 minutes. The fire burned over the course of an afternoon and an evening and was out, but the devastation that was left behind was tremendous. Um, I, I'm very fortunate with my team that I actually have a uh, one of my emergency services coordinator who lives and works about 20 minutes from weed. Mm -hmm. So he was actively engaged that night. Uh, he was providing some of the initial intel for the depart for our department on what was happening in weed uh, and was with the county officials that were supporting the city right away. So, you know, that was a situation where we had him on the ground that night. Uh, I was up there with the director the next morning and we were able to to start doing our job, which was looking at the, the long term recovery needs uh, that that were going to be critically important to get that city um, back on its feet. I want to get back to uh, Montague. How did everything turn out up there? You know, as it turned out, um, we met our deadlines. Um, we we found a, a new water source, uh, a couple wells uh, that we're using. Uh, we've got a different uh, diversion channel. Uh, we're actually using a small river up there to get water to the community put some infrastructure in to, to pump water to the city of Montague's facility and everything was online uh, at the time it needed to be online. So we were never in a situation where the city was out of water. Um, and in fact, with some of the recent rains we've got now, the reservoir is actually uh, coming up. It's still got a long ways to go, but, um, but everything, everything worked there and, and it worked because everybody 
had a willingness to leave their uh, concerns and, and opinions and, you know, baggage, if you will, at the door and come in, ultimately come in very solutions oriented and focused on doing what needed to be done to support the community. What did you learn from that experience? Um, you know, I learned that we're capable of far more than we realize we are. I mean, all of us individually, locally, uh, at the state, federal government. I mean, there's a lot of people that I think early on felt like we don't know what we're going to do. Um, you know, I think there was a, a desire early on to not try to figure out a, a new water supply solution for Montague, but, but frankly, just start trucking water in. And that's not sustainable. And we all knew that early on, but it was an overwhelming problem. And I, w- I, I learned that the, the, the capabilities and resiliency of folks, when you, when you back them up against the wall, is oftentimes, I think, greater than you realize it is. And, and I saw that, you know, from the local folks to, to, to my team that worked the project, uh, they uh, and all the state agencies and federal agencies and tribal government that came together. I think everybody accomplished far more than, than they realized they were going to be able to early on. Did government surprise you in what it was able to get done? Uh, I think a lot of people might be. They, a lot of people might think, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to government, whether it be local, state, or federal, getting things done. But when you look back and you see what was accomplished, were you surprised? or were Maybe you- I'm naive. I wasn't surprised. I certainly wasn't surprised in our OES team and what we were able to accomplish and support. Um, I, I was very pleased, not necessarily surprised, at what many of our state agencies realized they were able to do throughout the process. You know, that's probably a, a, a better judgment to be made by the local officials. Um, I know that, especially in that part of the state that traditionally uh, has a rather negative perception on Sacramento, uh, and they feel like uh, oftentimes Sacramento's not there for them. I know many of them, they've, they've told me personally and others that they were very surprised at what we were able to do and what we were able to deliver for them up there. Um, and that we, the, the time and effort we invested up there was, was surprising and at the end of the day very appreciative uh, of those folks up there. Job satisfaction right there. You know, it really is when you're able to, when you're able to turn around the opinion of a, of a large area and, and because of the drought there's been a number of efforts that we've undertaken in the north part of the state uh, and we you know, at least on the government side, we've turned around the opinions of a lot of folks that historically thought that, you know, Sacramento was was here to take care of itself. The big cities, you know, the big population centers and with and expected that, you know, folks in the north part of the state were on their own. Um, and we we've turned that around uh, based upon what we did in Montague support. We've provided over in Modoc County for some of their challenges uh, recently in the city of weed. And so that's v- extremely satisfying to, to just, to just go up there and do your job the same as you do it for any other part of the state, but realize what a, what a difference it makes for those folks. And I keep noticing too, that you, you mentioned your staff, you mentioned a lot of the support folks. Where do you get that support when you need it, when you need to make that phone call, when you need to go to that resource, where do you get your support from uh, emotionally, uh, a mentor maybe? Who do you turn to? You know, um, 
when Director Gilarducci brought myself on, Mona Bonte, our, southern, our new Southern Region Administrator, Jody Travisero, our Coastal Region Administrator, one of the things he's, he told us all was that he really wanted to empower us in, in a way that our pre predecessors had never been empowered, um, to allow us to go out and do what needs to be done, understand the needs, be, be ready to respond, adjudicate those issues. And he, and, he, and he gave us that empowerment and that responsibility and he's backed it up time and again to allow us to do what we need to do to provide the support that communities need, uh, whether it's on the you know planning response or recovery side. And so having his support and, and more recently the support of our chief deputy director, Nancy Ward, who really believes in our regional operations, I think more so than, than past administrations have. And they've really empowered us. You know, it's a key leadership quality where you know if you don't empower your people to be able to go and do what needs to be done you're tying their hands and so you know i i've tried to do that with my team as well to to by extension empower them uh, to be even more effective out in the field but certainly our leadership um you know i've got a number of of professional um, mentors that i've turned to time and again i think that um as a I think any individual, but especially leaders in, in emergency management, and frankly, any field, they need coaches. You know, what, what we do is no different than what an athlete does. You know, you're constantly looking to improve yourself and the ability to do your job. And you can't do that on your own. You need someone to help guide and coach you. And so, you know, I've, I've identified some individuals over my career that I know I can turn to, you know, when I'm struggling with an issue and, and I certainly have that in our in our leadership in this organization but you know other folks outside the organization that I turn to 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 be that coach that mentor for me so before we leave is there one piece of advice or reference or something that you can tell folks that uh, you think might give them uh, the upper hand on some issue the next time they run into a, an emergency management quandary you know one of the issues that I've found with emergency management one of the the skills that um, I've been very fortunate to have coming into this that's served me well, that I think serves others well, is communication, being able to be an effective communicator. And, and I was fortunate to have 20 years of training and experience, but the communication side of the job is so important. Um, you know, being able to, to, to verbally and in the written word articulate a vision, articulate clear direction and expectations, being able to sit down in a room with folks that, that are not in agreement with one another and, and be able to get everybody on the same page or in agreement on an approach to an issue. You can't do that if you don't have the ability to, to communicate well. And so I've, I've been blessed to be able to do that. And, and it's a skill set that I think uh, for anybody that wants to go into emergency management, strengthening your communication skill set is, is really important. All right, Eric. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you, you coming in. Right. Thank you very much. Good luck to you in the future right. here. That's Eric Lamoureux. Eric, uh, yeah, under a lot of pressure, a lot of expectation to get people to work together, come up with solutions. And he talked about Montague, California, and how they were really on the verge, seriously, the city of Montague on the verge of running out of water. I can't imagine uh, what that would be like. Well, they came together uh, in large part due to Eric's work and you know getting people to come together and 
Overcoming distrust of government was a, a big accomplishment, I think, that should go on Eric's resume. And turning those opinions of locals in the north part of the state during the drought efforts um, that they were making, uh, to believe that Sacramento really is there to take care of them. But he was able to turn those opinions around uh, because of the efforts that Cal OES and Eric himself and others uh, took to make sure that that town has water. And it worked. Pretty amazing. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the All Hazards Podcast. Uh, We've got many more on the way. They're locked and loaded. Until the next one, I'm Sean Boyd here at Cal OES headquarters in Mather, right outside Sacramento. Thanks again, and take care and be safe out there, folks. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.